ولیکم I would once again like to remind us of the very important question why do we care about Palestine and what is happening over there why are the muslims around the world so concerned about our brothers and sisters who are driven out of their homes and their lands so brutally and told that these homes do not belong to them anymore why are we concerned about the desecration of masjid al-aqsa first of all let us remind ourselves of the ayah of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah al-anbiya bismillahir rahmanir rahim in hadhihi ummatukum ummatan wahidatan wa ana rabbukum fa'budun indeed this umma of yours is one umma and i am your lord so worship me furthermore noman bin bashir radiyallahu anhu reported rasulullah sallallahu saying the believers are like one person if his head aches the whole body aches with fever and sleeplessness we are one ummah as we all believe in one allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in his final message the message of islam and in his final prophet and messenger muhammad ibn abdullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and we are like one body and when one part of our body hurts the whole body feels the pain and abu bakr radiyallahu anhu said that whilst delivering the khutbah of hajjatul bida the rasulullah said verily your blood your property and your honor are as sacred and inviolable as the sanctity of this day of yours in this month of yours and in this town of yours verily i have conveyed this message to you and so the sanctity of a believer his blood his wealth and his honor are as sacred and as inviolable in the sight of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like the sanctity of the kaaba that kaaba to which we turn every day at least five times to make our salah that kaaba to which millions of muslims make hajj every year that kaaba which is the house of allah on the face of this earth this is why we care about what happens to any and every muslim in any part of the world be it palestine kashmir yemen syria or even in the us and more 
add to it the fact that Al-Aqsa was the first Qibla of the Muslims. It is the masjid whose sanctity can be understood from the hadith reported by Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, who reported that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, do not undertake a journey to visit any mosque but three. This masjid of mine, the masjid al-haram, and the masjid al-aqsa. So the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam reminded us of the sanctity of this masjid and instructed us that out of all of the masajids built around the world, we should seek to visit these three masajids, one of them being Masjid al-Aqsa. We should remember that this land has always been and will always be very close to the hearts and the minds of the Muslims. It is the land of the prophets of Allah, and it has the masjid in which Rasulullah let the prophets and messengers of Allah in Salah. It is the land that Umar ibn Khattab anhu, traveled all the way from Medina to take over the authority of and attach it to the body of the Ummah and to give its people the covenant of safety and security. It is the land for which Salahuddin worked almost 17 years to prepare. Then he marched with his army to Al-Quds and liberated it after the great victory in the decisive battle of Hittin. It is the land for which Khalifa Sultan Abdul Hamid II stood firmly as a solid barrier and shield in front of all the Zionist attempts to acquire a piece of land in Al-Quds to build little settlements, as our brother Ashraf already mentioned. However, once the Khilafah was demolished, then the Palestine was taken for free. And today, Masjid al-Aqsa and the land of Palestine is under occupation by the Zionist entity. And today, when the sanctity of the blood, wealth, and honor of the Muslims is being violated, the response of the rulers is so shameful, to say the least. We heard already this Turkish president and the Jordanian king, they are stressing the importance of cooperation to stop Israeli attacks. The Turkish president additionally paid lip service by condemning the Zionist entity. Saudi Arabia condemns in the strongest terms the aggression against Al-Aqsa Mosque. The Quran prince of Abu Dhabi confirms his condemnation of all forms of violence and hatred in Al-Quds. Egypt condemns in the strongest terms the storming of Al-Aqsa. Egypt called Hamas and the Jews to cease fire. Jawad Zarif, Iran's foreign minister, declares that the only fair solution to the Palestinian issue is to refer it to the will of the sons of this one land and to refer to a popular referendum. The Amir of Kuwait expressed his condemnation. An emergency meeting of Arab League is called. And an emergency meeting of Organization of Islamic Cooperation has been called. Pakistan denounces the Israeli attacks. Worse than that, Foreign Minister of Pakistan, Shah Mahmood Qureshi, used the National Assembly platform to raise a call for countrywide peaceful protests against the ongoing Jewish aggression in Palestine. 
a leader of a state that possesses a strong standing army and is a nuclear power of the world calls people to protest. These are the responses of these traitors of this ummah and not of the leaders of the ummah. These leaders who command the forces and the power of this ummah need to remember clearly the hadith narrated by Abu Sayyid al-Khudri who said, I heard the Rasulullah say, whosoever of you sees an evil, let him change it with his hand. And if he's not able to, so, to do so, then with his tongue. And if he's not able to do so, then with his heart. And this is the weakest of the Iman. For these so-called leaders, they need to understand that this hadith is referring to the people who have the power to change the munkar by their hands, which is with the use of force. They have to change it with their hands. These leaders of today need to understand that we, the Muslim Ummah, are not deceived anymore by their mere lip service to the sufferings of the Ummah. And Allah will hold them accountable on the day of judgment for their incompetence. Moreover, what we Muslims, we need to understand clearly is that this Zionist entity is a forward operating base of the imperialist colonial forces of the West. But the Russia went in a lot of details explaining this point. It has been created and it is supported to create division and dissension within the Muslim Ummah and to keep the Muslims busy and engaged with this little situation whilst the colonial and imperial policies are implemented all over the globe. We should also understand clearly that any solution like temporary de-escalation of its brutal atrocities or the two-state solution proposed by the American imperialist is nothing but another betrayal to Allah to Islam, to the Ummah of Muhammad especially to our brothers and sisters in Palestine. And another deception and another tactic in the long game being played here against the Muslim Ummah and Islam. We need to remember what Allah subhanahu says. You are the best nation ever raised for mankind. You enjoin the good and forbid the evil and believe in Allah. So we, the best nation ever raised for mankind, we have no need of turning to anyone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his messenger and the message of Islam. The question now is, what should the current Muslim states do? The answer is very simple. They should treat the Zionist entity as the illegitimate occupying force that it is and immediately take the following steps. One, cut off trade and any and all sorts of agreements with the Zionist entity. Two, 
prevent any and all sorts of travel by air, sea, and land from the regions controlled by the Muslims. Three, and most importantly, mobilize the armies of the Muslim world to liberate the land of Palestine from the Zionist entity, to liberate the Muslims as well as non-Muslims, including the oppressed Jews living under the Zionist oppression. Countries like the, especially Muslim countries like Egypt, Turkey, Pakistan, Iran, Hejaz, Libya and Sudan, they have to mobilize the armed forces of the Muslim Ummah to respond to the armed forces mobilization by the, by the Zionist entity. We would like to ask the question, what is the Muslim rules of today do not follow the divine solution provided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Why do they not follow what is in the bleeding hearts and minds of each and every Muslim, civilian and military, brother and sister? What is the answer to the question asked by Allah Zawajal? وَمَا لَكُمْ لَا تُقَاتِلُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ And what is wrong with you? That you fight, you fight not in the cause of Allah. وَالْمُسْتَدَفِينَ مِنَ الرِّجَالِ وَالنِّسَاءِ وَالْوِلْدَانِ الَّذِينَ يَقُولُونَ And for those weak and oppressed among men, women and children whose cry is رَبَّنَا أَخْرِجْنَا our Lord, rescue us from this town whose people are oppressor. These traitors of the Muslim Ummah, they lie and they deceive us and tell us that we do not possess the power to stand up and support our Muslim brothers and sisters around the globe to wherever there is oppression. First of all, they forget the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he says yuriduna liyutfiu nur allahi bi afwahihim wallahu mutimmu nurihi walau karihal kafirun they want to extinguish the light of Allah with their mouths but Allah will perfect his light although the disbelievers dislike it so Allah is the one who's supporting us he is the one who will support us he is the one who will make sure that his light is perfected and the Muslims are victorious. Then let us look at the strength of the Muslims and let us expose the lie of our so-called rulers. Let's start just looking by three points. First, population. According to Pew Research Center in 2015, Muslims made up the second largest religious population on this earth with numbers in exceeding 1.8 billion. According to their project projections, Islam will be the fastest growing religion between 2015 through 2060. With this large Muslim population, we need to realize that the Muslim Ummah possesses the best minds in all fields of life. We are some of the best and have the ability to produce many more architects, business leaders, statesmen and stateswomen, doctors, engineers, industrialists, military leaders, scientists, scholars, teachers, technologists, and many more. 
Let us turn our attention to the land and water under the control of the Muslims today. When we cast an eye on the map, we possess a large expanse of land from Mauritania on one side to Indonesia on the other. We have water lakes like the Swiss Canal, the Arabian Sea, Indian Ocean, Persian Gulf, and many more. With the vast land and water resources, some of, some of the benefits we have are we are food independent, we are industrially independent, trade route independence, and we have control over them. We should also remember that today, Muslims do not live only in the lands that are controlled by Muslims but also in lands that are today not controlled by Muslims. For example, the population of Muslims in India is about 200 million, which is close to the number of Muslims in Pakistan. If organized properly, we Muslims who live in the lands ruled by non-Muslims can act as efficient ambassadors of Islam and carriers of the mercy of Islam to the non-Muslims who are suffering under the oppression of the imperialist capitalist policies of their rulers. Just look at this map and look at the vast Muslim Ummah and within it, the little occupying Zionist entity. This should be sufficient for those who think. But let's just look at the military strength now. According to Global Firepower website, who updates their stats every year, the combined military strength of only 27 out of the 53 regions that the Muslims control today are as follows. Over 561.7 million are fit for military service. Over 8.5 million are serving in active duty and reserves today. Just to do a basic comparison, look at the numbers provided for the superpower of today, the United States. Over 119.6 million are fit for military service and over 2.2 million are serving in active duty and reserves. Just compare that to the strength of the Muslim Ummah and the Muslim armies. When we look at the mere numbers of the existing military strength of the Muslim Ummah, we see that we are way ahead of the superpower of the time. We need to ensure that our military strength is used for the defense of our ummah and for carrying the message of mercy to all humanity and not to serve the colonial interests of the imperialist nations. This situation reminds us of the hadith of Rasulullah when he said, the people will soon summon one another to attack you as people when eating invite others to share their dish. Someone asked, Will that be because of our small numbers at that time? He replied, no, you will be numerous at that time, but you will be like scum and you will be like scum and rubbish that gets carried down by a torrent. And Allah will take the fear of you from the breast of your enemy and put wahan into your hearts. So someone asked, what is wahan, Ya Rasulullah? He replied, the love of the world and the dislike of death. So the real answer to the question, why even with the vast resources and strong armies of the Ummah, we are unable to take care of this little problem, is the fact that today 
the Muslim world is not ruled by the Islamic Khilafah system. Instead, the current rulers are the ones in whose heart is the love of this dunya, the love of accumulating wealth for themselves and their families, the wealth of robbing the Muslims from the wealth that belongs to the Muslims and the hatred of death that they have in their hearts. And because of their incompetence, the fear of the ummah from the hearts of the enemies of Islam and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is removed. These current rulers are enslaved in the shackles of the secular capitalist world order, which promotes nationalism and division of the ummah. These secular capitalist policies do not help the Muslim ummah. Neither do they help the non-Muslims, including the Jews living in our lands. It only helps the interests of the secular capitalist colonial masters. We do not have to assume anything over here. If these rulers were truly there to serve the interests of the Muslims and of Islam, then the issue of Palestine would have been resolved many years ago. Not just that, but the condition of the Muslims would be that we would be leading the world in all aspects of life, be they scientific, technological, industrial, military-wise, agricultural, economic, political, judicial, educational, and more. Both Muslims and non-Muslims living in our lands would have the highest quality of life. Our lands, our people, our institutions, and our systems would serve as an example for the nations of the world. Instead of this, today we have political systems of kingships, or dictatorships, or democracy. We have economic system of capitalism, but only that aspect which makes us a colony. We have judicial system from the days of the British or French. Our education system follows the model of UNESCO. Our foreign policy is dictated by the colonial masters and our ummah, as well as the non-Muslims, including the Jews, continue to suffer. Thus, in order for us to liberate Palestine and to liberate all of the Muslims, as well as non-Muslims, including the Jews, living in first all of the Muslim worlds or Muslim lands of today, and then all over the world, from the oppressive and brutal rule of the secular capitalist world order, it is crucial that we all pool our resources and work according to the methodology of Rasulullah to reestablish the deen of Islam and the institution of the Khilafah, like our brother Abu Abdullah also called for directly from Masjid al-Aqsa. Let us remember the hadith reported by Abu Huraira anhu, that the Rasulullah said, the Imam is like a shield whose orders should be obeyed when they fight and where they should seek protection. We have to work to reestablish this shield so he can organize all of the resources of the whole Muslim world according to the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us look at the hadith reported in Masnad Ahmad that reminds us of this khilafah. Therefore, said, the Rasulullah said, the prophethood will remain amongst you as long as Allah wills that it remain. And then he will remove it when he intends to remove it. Then there will be the khilafah upon the way of the prophethood. 
and it will continue as long as Allah wills it to continue. And then he will remove it when he intends to remove it. Then there will be a harsh rule and it will continue as long as Allah wills it to continue. And then he will remove it when he intends to remove it. And then there will be a coercive rule and it will continue as long as Allah wills it to continue. And then he will remove it when he intends to remove it. Then there will be the Khilafah upon the way of the prophethood. And after that, he kept silent. So the second Khilafah or the second reestablishment of the Khilafah that we are talking about, it is not the Khilafah of the Ummawin, nor of the Abbasin, nor of the Uthmanis, but the Khilafah like the Khilafah Rashida, the Khilafah that is on Minhajan Nabuwa. This Khilafah will ensure the safety and security and well-being of all Muslims and non-Muslim citizens of it, including the Jews. This Khilafah is the one that will organize the armies of the Muslim Ummah to take care of any and all military threats posed to its Muslim and non-Muslim citizens and to Muslims living in any part of the world. It is this Khilafah that will implement the, implement the totality of Islam which will make it the beacon of mercy and tranquility for all the humanity of the world. If this Khilafah was there today, it would have mobilized its armies to take care of the issue of Palestine. Without this Khilafah, Palestine and many other open wounds within the Muslim Ummah cannot be addressed. Another major myth that has been promoted by the imperialist colonialist nations and their agents in the Muslim Ummah that we have to break today is that Islam does not have any systems that can organize the affairs of a nation. This is a complete fabrication and a myth. Allah Subhanahu says, "Al-yawma akmaltu lakum dinakum wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati wa radaytu lakum al-islam adina." This day, I have perfected your deen for you. I have completed my favors upon you and have chosen Islam for you as your deen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent a complete deen, a complete way of life that addresses all aspects of social and individual affairs. It is true that Quran and Sunnah are not books that are categorized in different disciplines of rules that deals with life's affairs. Instead, they are the sources of hukum shari. However, when we study the books of fiqh extracted by the mujtahideen, you will see how it is organized. We all know that at the base of our deen is the aqidah, that Allah subhanahu is the creator who created everything. And he sent Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam as the last and final messenger with the last and final message in the form of the Quran and sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. This message is what we use to organize all of our individual as well as societal affairs of life. Then after we die, Allah will hold us accountable whether we lived our lives according to his message or not. When we take this message, we can categorize the rules provided to us in the various systems that are required for the running of the affairs of the state. The state is responsible for implementing the various systems. For example, 
social system which covers rules related to marriage, divorce, inheritance, parenthood, the economic system which covers rules related to ownership, partnership, currency, trade, and more. It also addresses how to take care of poverty. Ruling system, which includes Khalifa, his assistants, Majlis al-Ummah, the Bula, the army, administration, as well as the budget and more. The legal system, where we have three different types of courts, the Madalim court, the general court, the market court, and then the warrior moral values as well as ibadah, which act as a safeguard for all, where they help ensure that we always keep the day of accountability to Allah subhanahu wa in our minds and focus on seeking his pleasure in all aspects of life. This is the comprehensive nature of the deen of Islam. The Khilafah ruling system being the one that is responsible for implementing and organizing all of the rest of the systems of life. This is why it is the most crucial system to be implemented. Finally, we would like to answer the question that by now should be on each one of our minds, which is, what can I do to help reestablish the Khilafah, which will help the Muslims of Palestine and the Muslims and non-Muslims all over the group? Before answering this question, a reminder from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, astajibu lillahi wa li rasooli dha da'akum lima yuhiyikum. O you who believe, respond to the call of Allah and his messenger when they call you to that which gives you life. Islam and the implementation of Islam is that which gives life to our ummah. We would like to ask each and every one of our brothers and sisters who are sitting anywhere in the world and watching this discussion to come join your brothers and sisters in Hizb al-Tahreer to help reestablish the Khilafah on Minhaj al-Nabuwa by following the method of Rasulullah wasallam. That method involves the following. Join our study sessions to study and be cultured with the deen of Islam so you can become true Muslim statesmen and stateswomen and leaders. Work to build public opinion and public demand for the reestablishment of the Khilafah system. You can do this very simply by setting up seminars, lectures, debates, gatherings at home, in schools and in masajids, by writing articles in magazines, newspapers, flyers and online. If you are a person of authority in any aspect of life, then understand your obligation in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and support your brothers and sisters of Hizb al-Tahrir to reestablish the authority of Islam. Especially if you are a member of the military, member of the armed forces of the Muslim Ummah, then remember your responsibility in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and support Hizb al-Tahrir to unite the Muslim Ummah under the leadership of one Khalifa who will lead our armies to liberate the first Qibla of the Muslims and to stop the bloodshed of countless Muslims and non-Muslims around the world. You be the Saad bin Muad radiallahu anhu and the Usaid bin Hudair radiallahu anhu of today who gave victory to Islam and helped Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam establish the first Islamic state ever. You be the Khalid bin Walid and the Tariq bin Ziyad of today. 
Now for those of our brothers and sisters who are the scholars of this ummah, remember what Allah subhanahu wa said about you, about the ones with knowledge. إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ Indeed, from amongst those who fear Allah the most are the ulama. Remember this and do not fear any human being in this world. Only fear Allah Azzawajal and lead this Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to reestablish the deen of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala in the form of the Khilafah. Work with your brothers and sisters in Hizbut Tahrir around the world and let us seek the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala in the life to come. The Jannah is waiting for us. Finally, remember the promise of help from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. As he says, Ya ayyuhallazina amanu in tansurullaha yansurukum wa yuthabbit aqdamakum. For you who believe, if you support Allah, he will support you and plant firmly your feet. So let us work together to reestablish the Khilafah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant us victory over Palestine, Kashmir, Syria, Yemen, India, China, even the oppression being carried out on Muslim, millions of Muslims in the lands under the authority of the Muslims today, like Pakistan, the land of Hijaz, Tunisia, Egypt, Iran, Iraq, Sudan, Turkey, and more. Ya Allah, forgive our shortcomings in delivering your message. Jazakallah khairukum. Assalamu alaikum.